Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz at Trib Live and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. A Madden Monday podcast after a Steelers victory, but barely against the Seattle Seahawks at Heinz Field. Lots of twists and turns to this one. A game the Steelers made more difficult on themselves for many reasons, all of which we'll get into right now with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X. Brought to us by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. If you had the Steelers winning, well, you won. If you had the Seahawks covering, well, you won. And if you had the over early enough, like I told you to do, then you won as well. Steelers barely win. Mark, your biggest takeaway from this game was what? Uh, TJ Watt is an elite defensive player. Cam Hayward is an elite defensive player. Other than that, the Steelers' defense isn't very good. Minka Fitzpatrick missed a ton of tackles tonight. In fact, their whole defensive platoon missed a ton of tackles. And they allowed four scores in the second half and got Seattle back in the game. And that's not with Russ Wilson at quarterback. That's with Geno Smith at quarterback, although Alex Collins at running back did most of the damage for the Seahawks. But I can't call that an elite defense anymore. I'm through pretending that it's anything remotely resembling. You want to give T.J. Watt credit for winning the game? Absolutely. Had that big sack on Seattle's first possession in overtime and, of course, stripped the ball that led to the uh, game-winning field goal. But that's not a good defense. It simply is not. Agreed, and I think they've shown themselves to be less than elite a long time ago. And if ever they needed a wake-up, the Steeler fan base I'm talking about, this was most assuredly it. Mark, the tackling was just an atrocity throughout the course of the night. Yeah, just terrible. And Minka Fitzpatrick, the most guilty of anybody. Um, You look at the Buffalo game, which T.J. Watt, he won that too. But despite the rest of the guys on defense, he is a one-man gang out there. And you know what? For $80 guaranteed, I don't feel like he's getting cheated in any way. But if he don't do it, or if Cam Hayward don't do it, nobody does it. This guy actually did something, at least in flashes, for the first time this year, and that was Alex Highsmith. He had a sack and a half, and one of them was in a crucial spot that pushed Seattle back from a red zone opportunity that resulted in a field goal. Yeah, I like what he did against the run, too. He made a couple real big tackles on the run. And Devin Bush had the recovery, even though he ran the wrong way. My God, I was thinking, what was that guy's name way back when, Tim? Fred Marshall for the Jim Minnesota Mar- Vikings? Jim Marshall, yeah. Jim Marshall, yeah. He ran the wrong way and, 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 and scored a safety against his team. But, uh, yeah, but, but Tim, when you look for little things that this guy or that guy did, it doesn't say much about the, uh, the whole being as good as the sum of the parts dictates it ought to be. Again, I'm just really down on the defense, really up on T.J. Watt, really down on the defense. But, yeah, Highsmith did okay. There's just a lot of guys on that defense who aren't very good, though. James Pierre, he stripped the ball at the end, which led to that controversial sequence at the end of regulation. But, uh, but really, it's, it's a one-man gang, too, if you want to count Watt and Hayward. Let's talk about that sequence, Mark. I hated what the refs did, how they adjudicated that. 
you're essentially stopping the clock for free for Seattle because you're looking at a play that would have ended up benefiting Seattle. So any way you shake it out, you're helping the Seahawks in that situation. I think the natural course of events there, if you're an official, if you're locked into the moment, is if you're going to review anything, review the spike to see if they got the spike off in time, which I guess they would have. That's not the way it looked in stadium. But when NBC slowed it down, they put a clock on it. You could tell that, yes, they got the spike off. But I thought the refs butchered that in the actual moment of the game. They for sure butchered it. And I don't see any need to review that call in the first place, which is what Mike Tomlin said. Uh, They did get the the spike off in time, so that I had no problem with. Uh, For a minute, I thought the Steelers should have laid on that Swain who recovered the ball and just kept him from getting up and racing back to – to get the ball in position to snap. But if they were going to review the play regardless, I guess that really didn't figure in. But again, Tim, you tell me, why exactly did they review the play? Where was the need for the review? Well, what they said in stadium was they were reviewing to see if it was a completed catch. It was so obviously a completed catch. It was so catch. obviously a completed catch. He made a football move, clearly a football move, after he caught the ball, but then he got stripped. Well, and then the other thing is, if you're going to re- the only thing that I thought was worthy of review was to see if his left foot went out of bounds up the sideline. But if it did, it was by accident because he was being dumb by trying to keep the play alive. And by extension, if you're reviewing that, you're bailing him out from his dumb decision. <laughs> so, like, you, you got to have some sense and awareness there if you're the officiating crew, don't you? No, no question. But the officiating in this league isn't very good. The, 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 the refs are too old. They're too slow. They can't keep up with the play. The game has outgrown the referees they have. In fact, I think it might have grown out, outgrown officiating in general. I'm not sure who you could stick in there. But um, – but by the same token, Tim, I, I hate to see, I hate to harp on the Steelers being hard done by in that situation, even though they were, because they had a 14 nothing lead at halftime, and the defense just went to hell. It just totally collapsed. That was noticeable from the very first possession in the second half, and I thought the offense might have been answering, but then that drive itself stalled in the red zone. My biggest gripe about the offense is what they're doing on third down. I mean, this constant throwing short of the sticks. Oh, it's scared football. Chicken scratch football, Tim, no doubt about that. But here's, here's the argument I would make, not to support the offense, but to really indict the defense further. The offense is as advertised. The offense is roughly what it was supposed to be, for better or worse, oftentimes worse. The defense is extremely disappointing. At one point, if my math was right, they had five of ten on third downs, and of the five third downs that they failed on, Mark, four of them were actually completed balls short of the sticks. That's how chicken scratch it's become. No question. No question. And, and uh, never more true than late in the game. They got, the, the later the game got, the more scared they got on offense. And yet, Mark, things keep breaking out for them. Here they are. They're 3-3. Three and three. As you and I talked about last week, if they got this win against the Seahawks, which eventually they did, they're essentially just a game off what would have been a logical prediction for them at this point. They got a backup quarterback tonight in Geno Smith. If Russell Wilson had played, they lose by 40. They get this win. And now they're they get exaggerating, a- Tim. They lose by 30. <laughs> then they get the Browns in two weeks where Kareem Hunt might have torn his calf. Nick Chubb is out. The two tackles are out. Baker Mayfield is in and out of the game nonstop with this chronic non-throwing shoulder thing. Who knows who they'll see, what semblance of the Browns they'll see after those guys have to play on a short week this week. Tim, I have Super Bowl fever. 
or maybe it's just chlamydia. I'm not sure which, but but then again, that the, the Steelers can lose any game too. I agree. They they face a wounded Cleveland team, and then they play Chicago and Detroit after that. So they could be six and three, should be five and four, but they could easily be two and four right now. Yeah, exactly, because that's what this team is. Um, when you look at the offense, Tim, Ben was okay, I guess. The running game was okay. You know what's really uh, steaming me about the offense? Well, when I say steaming me, I, I think it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> their receivers can't make a battle catch to save their lives. No, If can't. anybody's even in the frame, you know what I mean, Tim? If you're in the picture for a catch, they don't catch it. They get like a pinky on it. They don't catch it. Both Johnson and Claypool had significant, not quite drops, I can't call them, but plays they should have made that would have affected the game and made it a lot easier. You know, the other thing, Mark, is as it relates to the game plan without Juju Smith-Schuster, I expected without Juju the tight ends and the running backs to be used more, and I wasn't buying into, oh, well, James Washington will just replace Juju, but there wasn't any James Washington at all. It was everybody else. Tim, there's only one Juju. And this one was for him, right? I guess so. Who knows? All I know is if, if Juju were triplets, one would be playing for Kansas City, one would be playing for Baltimore, one would be playing for the Steelers, and they all three would, would average a total of 10 yards per catch combined. Last thing on this, Mark, uh, in the stands, there was a controversy too. I don't know if you saw a lot of this on Twitter or if any of this was made on the broadcast. I know it was talked about a little bit by reporters who were there who saw it. The Seahawks were irate that the Steeler fans were doing the wave in stadium while their player was down in the field being stretchered off. Did you catch any of that? Uh, did the fans do that? Yeah, they did the wave, and the Seahawks players were yelling at them, and even the Steeler players were yeah, trying you know, to... You know what? That's too bad. That's too bad. I feel bad the guy's hurt, and I hope he's okay. But to expect everyone to be funereal during that time, especially those who paid a ton of money to be in the stadium... Let the spectators spectate. Let them do what they want. I would also say the scoreboard operators were a little slow in the uptake, too, because they were still playing music the whole time, and I think the fans were just replying or, you know, reacting to that. Yeah, I hope the guy's okay, but, you know, that, that just – sorry, but that's thinking too much if you're the Seahawks. Mark, let's move on to the Penguins. Good start. They uh, not only win against Tampa, they also go down to Florida and play Florida, play the Panthers, get themselves a point there, and then – Get a win against Chicago. What were your takeaways? It couldn't have gone better for Tristan Jari. Uh, I'm talking about the Chicago game, the home opener, because imagine if, if Marc-Andre Fleury comes in and uh, plays Jari and the Blackhawks win. Yeah, okay? that would have been bad. Instead, Marc-Andre Fleury played as bad as he could possibly play. Uh, the first two goals were just horrific. He got knocked out of the box under 12 minutes. And even though Jari didn't have to do much, at least he didn't stink. But, yeah, I, I think that was good optics for Jari. I, I hate to say that's necessary, but it helps. How about the style with which they're playing, the manner in which they're playing without Sid and Gino? Well, they're just playing really hard-nosed and, and, and intense. Very focused talk. I give Sullivan a lot of credit to play that way with that level of determination, consistency, and for the most part, fundamentals. Not, not always, but for the most part. Is the what's the one area that's lacking? Is it the power play, or what would you say is lacking the most right now without those guys? Well, just having that that one man gang that can threaten when you know the team thing ain't going too good. But they scored fifteen goals in three games, and that was supposed to be the the, the problem spot, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you do you do have to be happy with the output that they've gotten, and the balance between all the lines has been, well, better than what I expected it to be anyway. Well, the only thing I didn't like was I thought in the Florida game they did something that they pointedly did not do against Tampa, and they made a lot of mistakes at both blue lines. And that really hurt them. They made some just idiotic 101 errors, like Jeff Carter – you know, had the defenseman overlap, and he saw him and tried to shoot through a block, and they came back the other way and scored. But that's the Florida game. They corrected a lot of that in the Chicago game. My big worry in the Chicago game was they got ahead by too much too soon, and they would relax. And they did for a bit, but Chicago couldn't make the most of it. Chicago's not a very good hockey team. Finally, Mark, Pitt wins against Virginia Tech, and now they are favored against Clemson. Here's a number. It's the first time that Clemson has been an underdog in an ACC game since 2014 when they went down and played against Florida State, and Pitt is the favorite. So I think we know how this is going to turn out, right? Tim, I just don't care. No, I, I, have, a, I have a monologue prepared for my radio show. You know, I used, as you know, I used to go to Pitt games every week. I was a Wani guy. I was a Paul Chris guy. But I just can't stand the coach. And I've had people tell me, well, that's not fair that you won't talk about Pitt or be interested because you don't like the coach. That's true, and it's too bad. And I know in my heart they'll disappoint. Before the year is over, they will disappoint. They will come to a crossroads and fail. Mark, what do we have planned for the show on Monday? I don't know, Tim. I'm really tired. This is a late-night uh, shift for me. Where were you tonight, by the way? Where was your, where was your viewing party? I was at the, the Goat Sports Bar in, in Seven Fields, right by the Lemieux Complex. G-R-A-T is in greatest of all time. And it was just delightful. But, my God, overtime? Give me a break. Yeah, overtime on a Sunday night is definitely overkill. Uh, but there'll be plenty to talk about. I'm sure there'll be some reaction from the Seattle side. Oh, no, no, no. I've got a lot of stuff. I'm just kind of a little – I want to watch Succession, Tim. I missed the first episode of Succession. <laughs> Because I had to watch the Steeler game. Don't get me wrong; that's part of the job. Uh, I am excited about the Penguins, though. I like I said, uh, Danton Heinen and Tim. I wasn't even sure he was before the season started. I keep calling him Dalton. I keep calling him Dante. It's <laughs> Danton Heinen, correct? Yes, it is. But I keep calling him Dalton, sort of like a Roadhouse. <laughs> What's your name, Dalton? Oh my God, that's Dalton. He has three goals. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, I mean, the Penguins, like I said, they're off to a good start. I give Sully a lot of credit. I give uh, – I, I think Latang's been really good. I think the defense in general for – you know, some people think that's a spotty core. I like them better than most people do. But I think the defensive core in general has played pretty well. I think there's just a lot to like about the Penguins so far. And that Drew O'Connor, man, I'll tell you, he ain't no world beater, but he's a legit big bottom six. And they haven't had many bottom six guys who were like bottom six guys before. In fact – Rather than trying to assemble three scoring lines and balance out the talent evenly like Sullivan likes to do, maybe this will be the year where they're finally a more traditional hockey team with two scoring lines uh, and a third and fourth line that are more you know, typical of third and fourth lines. Then again, when Jeff Carter moves down to the third line, all bets are off. And then again, when Gino comes back, all that fundamental stuff, all bets are off too. He's the one guy that can change it by himself. What about Zucker and Kapanen? Kapanen's already frustrating me horribly. Mm-hmm. He After that great camp, he's not showing me much. Zucker just, you know what, Tim? There haven't been many games since Zucker joined the Penguins where I thought he played bad. He just don't produce. He's not a minus player, but he's nowhere near the plus for what they gave up to get him. You got a half decent goal against Chicago to kind of stem their, their attempted comeback. Maybe he's 
Maybe he's on to something. Let's hope so. But Kapanen just frustrates and never scoring more than 20 goals in a, in a season. I think he may be hockey's juju. You know, after that camp he had, hey, Drew O'Connor has played two really good games and has, I think, three points. In fact, the fact that he got scratched against Florida after the camp he had and after the way he played against Tampa is one of Sullivan's only failings to this point. But, uh, but you know, Kapanen had that great camp, and he's shown me nothing. In fact, he's shown me less than nothing. Well, Mark, as the GOAT, I hope you enjoyed the GOAT Sports Bar, and uh, we will do this again for Madden Ben's Unfiltered in the morning. Can't wait, Tim. Talk to you then. Mark Madden for a Madden Monday podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.